0: So, our message is simply a couple points tonight. A uh or one, Roman numeral 1. I guess we just have A and B actually. Uh seek the Lord. The kingdom is unfolding in our midst. One one of the things God has been helping us with is uh for a number of reasons beginning in in the ni- late 19th century Little by little, the expectations of the Christ kingdom coming and the power of the Holy Spirit and so forth began to be pushed to a time after Christ returns, right? And uh, what God wants to do is bring our expectations to, to the biblical message that John the Baptist started with the kingdom of God is here now in your midst. It's at hand. So turn to the Lord. Repent doesn't, you know, we have a, we have a tendency to put too much of a guilt notion on repentance. I always tell people try to get away just a little bit and just separate this in your thinking from, you know, don't steal or don't lust or don't commit sins of commission or sins of omission and really get get think about the fact that it you know it's a repentance is a turning to the Lord. It's a seeking the Lord. It's a wanting to know his face. It's a wanting to know his heart. It's a wanting to be like him, to be conformed in his image, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do his ministry and to do it accurately the way he would have done it. And that's a now thing. That's a now thing. So um, I listened to uh, John's message today. I, I don't know if I got a CD of it Sunday, but I—if I, um, I did—I misplaced it. My bad. And so I listened to it on our website, and John sent me a link just to make sure I could do it. And uh, thank you, John. Uh, and I listened to it. I tried to listen to it twice, but I ran out of time. But I—I I, there was so much in it that, and I—and I got so much out of it that I really need to listen to it a couple more times. And I'm going to do that as the week progresses. But um, a couple takeaways from this that he talked about is the progressive nature of the kingdom. He mentioned Jesus in Luke 10. Interestingly, Luke 10 is after he sent out the 70 others. That's very important. It wasn't just Luke nine; he sends out the twelve, but Luke ten he sends out seventy others, and that's uh, the beginning of the fulfillment of Moses' prophecy that I would that all the Lord's people were prophets. Remember that the that the Spirit came on seventy elders of Israel, and he's he's he. Jesus is beginning to say the time is for for Moses' response that I wish that all of the Lord's people would be prophets is going to come, and seventy represents. Uh, all the nations there were thought to be in in the ancient world approximately 70 nations and so when the gospel starts going out to all nations jesus has this cosmic experience and he when they come back rejoicing wow we're seeing the reality of the kingdom even the demons are subject to us and it's not bad to have jesus didn't exactly rebuke them for that he just adjusted slightly he didn't rebuke them interestingly uh, and it's okay to be excited. Yeah, we, we re- you need to get delivered from demons. You need to cast out demons. That needs to be a normal part of Christianity. And we're working towards seeing God restore that in our midst, okay? But then uh, Jesus, you know, adjusting them to a, the bigger picture that their names are working in the book of life and so forth. But he says, I beheld Satan falling from the heavens like lightning, and what we sometimes miss in John brought out very well in his teaching on the temptation of Jesus in Matthew 4 is that in uh in the incarnation uh Jesus light came into this world and in, if you could imagine that dark spot uh, that needs shampooed or we need new carpet over there being like the head of satan in the incarnation Jesus okay and then at his When he came before John in his water baptism, when he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, and he came through the temptation, Romans 16, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And he continues to crush him and crush him and crush him up until his death, burial, and resurrection, when Satan actually was so deceived that he thought, this is my moment of triumph. I'm, I, the, I'm having both the religious people of God that God has called and worked through 1,800 years, and the kingdoms of this world, I'm going to have them kill their Lord and their Christ. He thinks he's going to win. And Jesus, boom, boom, boom stomps on his head. Fulfilling the first stomping was when God prophesied in Genesis 3, 15, the proto-evangelium that says, he shall bruise you on the heel, but you shall crush him on the head. So, now, now, The other thing that I thought, there were lots of points, I I only had time to think of two, about two, that were really good, and I wish I could have thought about several others. But uh, the second point I thought about from John's message Sunday was, if you are the Son of God, remember how John brought that out? Okay, if you are the Son of God is really the source of all temptation in your life, as John brought out. God has a big, big vision for Grace Christian Fellowship as a child of his kingdom, as a body of Christians filled with individual children becoming, going through the stages of, of new birth, uh, infancy, adolescence, and spiritual maturity. And this is progressing. And I've honestly never been more... Optimistic about what God is doing, than what uh, several of you helped me get to since uh, late last fall. Uh, we've had we've had a, uh, a kind of a tendency as a church every time we start to experience some outpouring, some visitation, some breakthrough, to. Uh, you know, that's when people uh, start cheating on their tithes. That's when people fall into sin. That's when people cut back on their devotions. Uh, that's when people miss important meetings or whatever. And honestly, by God's grace, we're making progress about all that. And I'm basically saying, re- li- recently, we've been having Bible studies with uh, probably a 10 or 12 people. Who are really moving through the first five steps of entering Christ's kingdom? And sure, we have a couple problem spots. We have a couple great spots. We we have a lot of people that are moving forward in the things of the Lord. So now is the time to 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 do this. Um, I want you need to see if you are the son of God more corporately, and you need to see it individually if you think of, of any of your sins of commission and frankly your especially your sins of omission it's because you don't have a high enough faith in who god is and what he's called you to and what what you are in it you need to hear god speak to you and say oh gideon thou man of valor thou mighty man of valor and oh you know and and uh, you need to have you know experiences like Beth or Catherine going who me? You know, yeah, you. Oh thou mighty woman of valor. Uh because what God intends to do here is is amazing. We have sought long and hard for the restoration of a biblical model for the church and have and I have made more progress in understanding where we need to be and how we need to get there in the last 10 years than in the first 30 years of my Christian walk. And People are—the lights are coming on for people. People are getting baptized in the Spirit. People are starting to see the need to study the whole Scripture. Hopefully you understand the concepts of commission and omission. Commission, we tend to focus—the evangelical world has tended to make most of us, and I think it's just even human nature, to focus most on your sins of commission. Oh, there I did this sin again or that sin again. But really, even our sins of omission, things like procrastination, laziness, lack of diligence in our, in our study of God's Word, uh, lack of seeking Him till we really get the breakthrough, not being able to fast until we get the breakthrough, those sins of omission really come out of a voice deep inside you that says, are you really the Son of God? is grace christian fellowship really destined to have churches in places like Columbus and Nairobi Kenya and and that that thousands will eventually listen to our message I believe that's what our destiny is So Ask God during this season to help your corporate identity have a Gideon experience, have a Simon Peter experience where you fall, where you fall down and st- now don't just say out of insecurities God you got the right man. Simon Peter first saw the glory of God. He'd fished all night, and then this carpenter guy, who he knew uh, from growing up, and he mostly knew from John the Baptist identifying him, uh says, uh, go fishing again on the other side of the boat, and he knows enough to call him Lord, but you could tell he's a little skeptical. If at your bidding, we'll do it. And then he, wow, the nets start breaking, he has to call the other boats, and then he gets it. Wow, I'm not dealing with this guy I grew up with. I'm not dealing with some human being. I'm dealing with the very living God in human flesh. Now, when you have worship experiences, and when you have... Spirit, presences in the spirit of God, uh, worshiping in your apartment or what, where have you. That's when you have those experiences, Lord, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. Isaiah had the same kind of experience. Isaiah 6, he saw, saw the Lord high and lifted up, right? And then he says, he's, uh, he's holy, the ter- terabim are saying holy, 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 and, and the power and the presence and the manifest glory of God is so heavy, that he says, "Woe is me! I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips." And then, you know, the angel takes the coal to him, speaking of of the of sacrifice and about the burnt offerings, and and that I will atone for your sin. And I and I also speak burning. Of course, always speaks of cleansing too. By the way, it's not just a theoretical atoning, but it's a coming of Christ coming into us to empower us to change. Right. So hopefully you got that out of John's message. If, you know, ask God to help you hear in your spirit, oh, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Whoever, you know, Abraham, What picture your, get a hold of, for instance, in James 5, the reason he says Elijah was a man like a nature like us is we read these stories and we think, oh yeah, the apostle Paul. No, he was a man with a nature like us. And God is no respecter of persons. And the call of God on your life is much greater than you think, and it's you're not thinking that it's as great as it is. That's your main holdback. If you are the Son of God, you are the Son of God. And you have inside you the DNA to be like your Father. you have inside of you the dna to be like your older brother to enter into his power, glory, wisdom, so forth. To have experiences like in John chapter 8 when they tried to tra- trap Jesus with the, and and he waited and drew and then when he, then he peels him like a grape with one Okay, the one that's first, with, that without sin, cast the first stone. You know, God wants to give you wisdom in those in, in real experiences like that. And this, I believe that if we will get behind this season of fasting, and if uh, to make it clear, because I had a lot of questions, you know, we taught on that Fasting 101, Fasting 102. It's on the website, right? And you can get a CD if, if you prefer that technology. And... Understand fasting 102 was about types of fast. I don't, I'm not calling everyone to 40 day fast. I'm calling you to a significant fasting that's beyond what you've done before during this season. And that we would see these fast goals that uh, that are in fasting 101 and fasting 102, uh, but we didn't even teach about. You have to read them. I'm actually so into this that i'm going to take all these and get some of those little folders where you can with the pins in them where you can put stuff in and i'm going to give everybody a folder of this sunday because you have to revisit these four pieces of paper a lot in the next 96 days if we're going to do this use this read a part of these as part of your time with the lord several times a week I'm asking everyone to do that. And I'm asking if you tend to think of yourself as, I'm not a leader, I'm not that important, I'm asking you to repent of that. Because you wouldn't have been called into our church at this stage if God didn't have amazing things for you to do. We are someday going to have either a TV or a radio show called The Day of Deliverance, and we're going to, right now we do deliverance behind the scenes with people we've prepared and so forth. We're going to do it more publicly. We're going to have a, like a weekly deliverance meeting where we teach a little bit about deliverance. Uh, they can get our stuff on the radio and our website and we'll have teams that just people from all over can come for deliverance. I need you to get ready for that. We don't need five or seven or eight people who know how to do deliverance. We need uh, 55 to 58 to 80 people who know how to do deliverance. And, and, and God is, take, is, is doing the spiritual breakthroughs even now in the heavenlies to get us there. Cry out to God, whatever's holding you back. And as I think, survey our church. I see a quite a wide variety of things holding people. Some people, it's a besetting sin. Some people, it's a procrastination and laziness. Some people, it's a lack of diligence in their study of God's Word. Uh, You know, some people, it's a teachability. But ask God to free you from whatever's holding you back from believing that you're supposed to be like Timothy, Titus, Silas, Barnabas. That's really what God has for us. Uh, in 2 Peter 1, 10 through 11, I really want you to focus on that verse. Be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. Now, I have experienced many, many times in my Christian life a gap between what I know to be true in God and can even obey and walk in and what I feel or and can can really believe in my believer. I don't know how to explain it. um, But... You know, uh, many of you have probably heard the testimony of the first time I did deliverance after I'd been out of the ministry like seven years or whatever. And, uh, you know, that night I, I was able by God's power and grace to forgive myself on a level that I hadn't been able to forgive myself. You need to forgive yourself. John did a very good teaching, by the way, on forgiveness, that he talked about how you need to forgive Everyone and yourself, I believe, was your two points about that, right, John, from Matthew 6 and so forth. You know what? You need to forgive God. Now, that may sound ludicrous because it's total sin to have any resentment or animosity against God. It's a totally bad perspective. Nevertheless, every one of us has had that. Every one of us has questioned God. And every one of us has even gotten mad sometimes at the people God put in our life to try to hold our feet to the fire of what God was saying. So you definitely need to forgive those kind of people. And God. And you need to receive God's forgiveness actively, aggressively. And you have to ask God to make it real in your feeler. We've had some very neat experiences in the past year with people getting healed in the, in what I would call inner healing. Three in particular that come to mind: one during praying for someone to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and two during deliverance sessions. We need a you need. I cry out to God for that. You need inner healing. You need deliverance. You need freedom from sins of commission and omission, and all of them are rooted in a deeper thing you need, you need to know the gospel in such a way that you feel that, like, I'm a very special chosen person of God. And it's gonna take all the study, all the diligence, it's gonna take me becoming a very different kind of person, handling my emotions more wisely and maturely, uh, being being able to be discipled, be able to, be, to hear tough and challenging words. I'm gonna to have to become a complete new creation in Christ. And that's what he's offering you. As precious in his sight is the death of his godly ones, and on the other side of that death, Death works in us, Paul said, so life can work in them. Believe me, you know, the world, one thing that's good about your generation, it was very heavy in the hippie generation, but I think it's also in your generation. I think a lot of people in your generation can smell BS from a mile away they can smell phonies that don't live it and don't have any passion for it a mile away and they've heard all this stuff in church and they've seen that it don't that it isn't that important to the people we they're looking for someone who's really radically zealous and they're looking for a group of people that they can't dismiss away and say oh yeah they got like 10 zealous people but they're they're a little nutty right they they want to say, well, gee, I met this, you know, I'll pick on somebody, you know, I met this girl named Taylor, and Taylor took me to church, and then I met all her friends, and, then, and man, there I've never seen a church as serious about that. I don't, you know, that's what we, you know, we have to be becoming something very real and radical in this season of fasting. We can help everyone. The reason I did what I did with the readings today is I wanted to focus on the fact that um, some people, of course, their sins are the big noticeable kinds, like gluttony or sexual sin or whatever. But frankly, we all have something that God needs to set us free from if we're going to experience Christ more fully. First John 3, 3 says that when we see Jesus, we'll, we will see him as he ha- is, and anyone who has that hope that gets back to are you the son of god do you really have that hope anyone who has that hope purifies himself anyone who's not purifying himself anyone who's allowing uh financial mismanagement or or pride or lack of study of god's word or any of these uh you know besetting fleshly sins to hold him back is someone who that hope hasn't gripped them deeply so pray my prayer for all of us Don't just pray for yourself. We're in this together. You are your brother's keeper. Pray for everyone in Grace Christian Fellowship to make significant breakthroughs where we can really say in our sayer, I am the son or daughter of God, and it's me that's going to be leading people into the baptism in the Spirit. It's me that's going to be casting out demons. It's me that's going to have expertise in how to take uh, inner city person like some of the people we know on our fringes and so forth, and bring them into the realities and fullness of God's kingdom. And I'm going to know how to do it because I'm going there myself right now. If, you're, if you have lack of studiousness, whatever you have that's, that's held you back, silliness, childishness, whatever it is, God can set you free from it, and he, the basis of it will be ask God to show you how much he's your father in the gospel? How much he's your son? You are the the son of the living God. Not quite the same way Jesus is, but co-heir of all creation. When In Ephesians 1, when he's praying for him and he tells in Ephesians 1 that God raised up Christ and seated him at the heavenly and Father's right hand. Then in Ephesians 2, he's telling the whole gospel, you were dead in your trespasses and sins which you formerly walked and he made you alive and so forth. In verse 6 of that little 10 verses, he says he raised you up past tense and seated you at the Father's right hand. In heavenly places. If you had one inkling of belief of that, you don't need you don't need more faith. You just need a mustard seed of that. See, if we get a mustard seed of that, then we're gonna, you know, then we're gonna walk out of this meeting into our car saying, "I better be careful what I think or pray for because, you know, <laughs> I don't want to hurt anybody." <laughs> yeah, I'm just you know what I'm I'm just trying to shake you up a little bit in your thinking. Uh be, 2 Corinthians 6, 2b, behold, now is the favorable time. By the way, in 2 Peter, please read the whole context, like the seven character qualities that he says lead up uh, that are in, in verses 3 through 10 and and in the verses in 12 and 13 that go beyond it. Put put it in context. But if you're diligent to, during this time of fasting, I want us to be diligent to and ask God to give us a better, realistic faith for Grace Christian Fellowship and for your role in it. Don't get that backwards, by the way, because you know what? I don't think everyone's going to stay with our church forever or whatever. But it's this radical individualism, you won't find them uh, a lot of who you're supposed to be till you die to it and just say, how can I help these people be who they're supposed to be? You know, I do what I do really out of faithfulness to the people who discipled me that I owe and the people that I'm discipling that I owe. And I, I have a total attitude of life that I owe. I owe, so it's off to work I owe. All right, Micah 924, four. All right, Mark 924. I, this is a great prayer. This is one of my great prayers. Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. I, I want everybody to pray that during this fasting season. When it comes to believe, are you the son of God? Lord, I, I, I know I'm saved, and you know, you know it, but you need to know it. You know you're forgiven. You know he loves you. You know he called you. You know you're special. You know you're chosen. You didn't choose him, but he chose you. But I want you to pray that you'll really know it, and that you'll know it so much that it becomes the, the direction of your life. Proverbs thirteen twelve. I thought I'd throw this verse in for us. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. I understand that we have gone through, bear with me because this is good stuff and it's important and this will make or break our what, what, what we're even putting all this effort and time into. Um, you know what? We've had our, I've had my struggles because we've had our ups and downs, we've had uh, tough time breaking through and, and all kind of things like this. But, you know, amazingly by God's grace, somehow we haven't quit and somehow it really is. Break- we are having breakthrough. We have more breakthrough going on right now in our church than we've ever had. So don't fall into any sins. Increase your study of God's word. Humble yourself uh, serve the pray. Pray especially for the key ministries. Pray for the people who lead Kids Rock and Whiz Kids. Pray for the people who lead Rock Campus Fellowship. Pray for the people who lead Bible studies. I I'll tell you, I couldn't do what I'm doing right now if Beth wasn't helping me with three or four Bible studies. She brings all kind of things to to make it more complete every time. Not only getting there early and getting the building set up and. Uh, helping me stay on focus, at add, adding key insights when, you know, when I'm struggling with someone isn't getting it or whatever, you know, sometimes Beth will take a shot at it and, and get them to get it. And it's just, it, you know, there's a reason God had people work in twos. So pray, pray. You know what? I, I have had a bunch of stuff lift off of me and, and break through myself. Even this thing with my back, that's, that's it's not great, but it's so much better. I wonder if that's because I I never before asked the church to pray for me. I have been asking for that, and maybe that's the reason. I I pray to God you'll pray for Catherine and I, etc. But er, er, you you can't imagine the amount of spiritual warfare that comes on John and Emily and Jason and Carla and John and Leah, really, because anyone who's out there on the cutting edges is gonna have lots of distractions and temptations and confusions and whatever try whatever the the enemy can try to get at him with. All right, point B. We're more than halfway done. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Just I think I've already hit this a little bit, but now there's a sense in which it's always now. That's what John's Philippians 3 message, if you can remember that. Really I'd encourage you you know, I feel like I study the Bible pretty much, and I, by the grace of God, have a pretty good level of insights and stuff. I almost always get quite a bit out of John's messages that I, that I hadn't thought about quite that way or uh, quite that fully or, or what have you. And a lot of it, you know, it's interesting, we don't talk that much about theology or whatever, and he studies a lot, and I study a lot, and he studies different people and sources, and we both study Scripture, of course. But you know what? What a gift. But go back and listen to some of those messages a a second time, a third time. You know what? That's the one thing we can... There's two things we can do to obey this verse. The Bible says to... um, Give honor, double honor, to the elders who rule well, but especially those who work at, at who uh, work hard at the teaching. Well, some, pe- some people believe that the Greek really can mean double pay or double respect. Well, none of us are in a position to give double pay. John gets uh, our heartfelt thank you. <laughs> Jason's, you know, always over here on Saturdays, early Sunday mornings. Carla and Jason making stuff. You know, the Grays—they get. Um, I think we got them a card for Christmas, but uh, <laughs> there, that's you know, we don't pay well. So, but what you can do is you can pray well, and especially those couples need it, and anyone who's on their team. When you're praying for John and Leah, you know, pray for Autumn and. Uh, Sydney and Sam and now Kent is going to be coming on Mondays with me and so forth. You know, when you pray for Kids, pray for Leah and Deanna Brown and so forth. Because strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. It is a phalanx. The kingdom of God has hierarchy whether Americans can't stand that or not. And it's a whole lot bigger deal if one of one of the key people from a ministry... Uh, goes down or has less wisdom or knowledge than they need or what what have you pray for those people you got that matthew 6 seek his his kingdom and his righteousness now i think it means two things seek to have his kingdom come more into us corporately and individually and seek to for god to give you a hunger and thirst for real righteousness That means every area of righteousness. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough troubles of its own. Hosea 4, 6 is a great verse. Sow with a view to righteousness. Reap in accordance with kindness. Break up your fallow ground. I I obviously missed something when I cut and paste this. Break up your fallow ground. Ground, for it's time to seek the Lord until he comes to rain righteousness on you. We need, you know, it. It really is getting damp. Maybe even sometimes we're we're getting some good sprinkling, and we but we need a rain. And we're we. I plan to to go right from this season of fasting. By the way, um, Wright Brothers gets out at the end of May, about May thirtieth, was it something like that? And and Wright State gets out May second. Take if you're going to take vacations, please try to take them in June and July. Pentecost Sunday is June eighth. Right State and, and um, Wright Brothers start back up around August. I headed it in my day timer today, uh, August 15th or 20th range. And of course, we'll have stuff to do the week or so before then. So June, mid-June, July, first part of August, take vacations. But don't take a vacation in any other sense than go geographically. We need to prepare ourselves uh you know we we did better at Wright State so far this year than last year, but we're really just even still in that sort of d day um, establish a beachhead mentality that i that we can really complete by the end of next school year if we keep moving forward and If we get a group that's thirty or forty people and and the leaders become college students and so forth it it will be a significant thing. Does everyone get that? Isaiah 55, 1 through 13, I'm not going to read, but read it. It's about seeking. Look at verse 6. Seek the Lord while I may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let them return to the Lord. There's so many nuggets in here. Um, I do want to point out a nugget real quick of the fact that if you look at this carefully, especially uh, the last... 2 verses 12 and 13 it's in a corporate context when you start talking about mountains myrtle trees uh an everlasting sign and so forth the tr- you know he's actually talking about a corporate community we think we always think of righteousness only in terms of of individual inside out uh sanctification but it's but it's all of us turn over real quick this is uh, back on the back of the readings, and on the back of this is, is the same thing. <laughs> it's our assignments, and I'm going to be very quick on these. I'm going to be done in five minutes by a quarter to nine. Uh, number two, uh, our assignments. Psalm 51, please read it. Uh, I shouldn't have put 10 to 13 because I ended up put, going, I decided to put the whole psalm because I want you to see we all think about the individual repentance. And this is one of the seven penitential psalms. But look what it says in verse uh, 18 and 19. By your favor, do good to Zion. You know what Zion is in the Bible? Zion, whenever you see Zion, it's God's people corporately uh, dwelling together on the mountain of the Lord. Whenever you see Zion, it means, in New Testament terms, it means a church of people. You've come to the Mount Zion, the church of the firstborn, Hebrew says. Scripture interprets Scripture. Build the walls of Jerusalem. What is Jerusalem? A place where one of us goes? No, it's the city of the God. It, it's Matthew 5, 13. It, you are a city set on the hill. Don't when he says don't put your light under a bushel and all that, or not you know, he says put it on what? A lampstand. Revelation 120 says the, the seven lampstands are the seven churches. A lampstand in the Bible is a place where you put lots of lamps. So come put your lamp on a lampstand. So this is one of the this is one of my two favorites of the seven penitential psalms, but it's actually all about corporate repentance. That's what the book of Joel is about. Please read the book of Joel. Write that down at the bottom. It's, on, it's in uh, uh, Fasting 101. But read the book of Joel quite a few times during this next 96 days. Memorize Psalm 51, 18. By your favor, do good to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Make sure you understand that penit- individual penitents if we live rightly in community, add up to a corporate blessing. Second, uh, uh, at the bottom of a the, of, uh, number there of uh, Roman numeral two, two, I put the seven penitential psalms, uh, Protestant and Catholic version. I don't have time to... A lot of people think the Catholic version is just one off from this, but it, it's, it's some places it's one off, some places they agree. So... So, uh, and that has to do with, uh, the Catholics actually followed what's the, uh, what the early church followed, the Septuagint and so forth. And then the Protestants followed the, the Masoretic text during the time when the ancient languages were, were, and frankly, the, the Masoretic text and the Septuagint, both of which the Hebrews used, number of the Psalms slightly different. But they have exactly, it's just that sometimes they make two Psalms into one and things like that. It's, there's, otherwise there's no content different at all. So, assignment 3, read Isaiah 58, 1 through 12, which was in Fasting 101, remember, and study the seven conditions and the ten rewards for fasting. I don't care if you do it once a week, once a day, I really want you to engage these four sheets regularly during these next 96 days. Number 5, review regularly GCF prayer and fasting goals. If you did, if you missed what I said Sunday, uh, when I did the Fasting 101, I was in a hurry to do the goals and, and kind of pressured because, you know, it was getting late at night and I had so much more to do. Whereas when I did it on Fasting 102, I had more time to sit and think. They're probably going to, I haven't even compared them yet myself. They're probably going to have a lot of overlap, of course, but use both of them. And lastly, uh, read one or two good books on fasting. If you can't afford books, just Google uh, Christian fasting. Um, as I mentioned Sunday, Dr. Bill Bright his, his, uh, has a lot of good stuff on fasting. Mike Bickle from, from IHOP, their, their people have a lot of good stuff on fasting. I, John, I noticed, he even quoted something from Mike Bickle this past Sunday on his CD.